What is good, y'all? It is Saturday, June 12th, and we're feeling good. Um, we just did our last episode, and it went pretty well. I can't exactly see the analytics of how many people listen to it, but I got at least seven or eight folks reaching out to me saying, you know, I liked it, keep doing it. So uh, I got some feedback, I got some personal questions, it was nice. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how it translates to Spotify, what other platforms I can, you know, share it on. I don't really feel like sharing it on my Facebook yet, simply because the demographic there is a little bit older, and with that will come some tribulations I have to face. So we're going to wait for that, but you guys are free, feel free to share this to whoever. Um, the few of you that actually do listen to this, I appreciate you coming. Um, you know, I'm not here to have, you know, thousands of people honing in on my voice yet, but, you know, it's a start. I consider this practice. So, we talked about homelessness, you know, we got in some real shit, a little bit darker. Today, we're gonna do a little more lighthearted topic, okay? Um, now, this is a part of my life that I don't really share often. I've kept it really close to the belt simply because I've had so much trouble with it, you know? And I, a lot of people have asked me about it, man. It's like, you, this and this and this. Uh, and they ask me a specific set of questions. A lot of them are recurring. And my answers are pretty recurring. However, my perspective of it, it being relationships has changed over the years and that's come with experience and maturity and so I'll get into some personal stuff you know I'll just air out all the laundry and how you sniff the air is how you sniff the air okay so I've divided people I talk to people I've connected with on that level at least from an intimate side into two categories there's people who are attracted to me for my appearance and how they generalize it. And then there's people who are attracted to me for whatever reason and seem to attach. The latter is a little bit more rare, which I should figure makes sense. Uh, the former is a little bit more recurring and I know, I know why, and it's okay, it's, um, you know, whenever I'm not a mess, and I clean myself up, you know, I'm tall, light-skinned, you know, I don't have a six-pack, but I have a pretty athletic frame, despite not being athletic at all, ironically, um, and because of that, there are some very specific generalizations they make about me, <clears throat> First of which being that I'm, like, I have this suave that a lot of light-skinned dudes have, you know. They can just look at any girl with those, like, blue-green eyes of theirs and just, you know, seduce them within three seconds. Yeah, those guys are pretty good-looking, but they also have this, like, thing. There's this thing that they do. I, I don't know. It's like the licking the lips, rubbing of the hands. Um... Uh, it's just not me, man. You know, nothing against them, but I just don't have 
it in me to be like that. I, you know, I, that havesy magic that they can pull off on people. You know, not just girls either, you know, just... And when I say people, I, I don't, like... This isn't a thing from the perspective of... Me just talking about girls in general. Because I don't want to contribute to an atmosphere that... Puts a generalization on how all girls are simply because we're all different we all have different sexualities some of us including me haven't figured out what we like who we like um but really i yeah i yeah so i'm just gonna say people for now so when i refer to circumstances that i'm about to relay most all of them actually are women and um girls during the times of which I talked to them and ladies that I connected with later on in life um and also keep in mind that none of these are like they're not in order I just wrote them down and these are like a third okay so like don't get the implication that I'm a sleaze you know I'm not out here being a hoe um I I don't slut shame people who have fun I'm just personally like I've connected with a lot of people I've misread things with a lot of people you know I've been in several custodies I've been all over the country um nearly been out of the country uh you know and my last 21 years have been an adventure man so it's like there've been there's been a lot of circumstances like this and I'll try to share as many with them as possible but like with anything I say here on my podcast, folks, it's more about what I learned from it rather than the experience of itself. Um, and with that being said, um, let's get into it. I, <clears throat> one, promise not to name anybody off. However, if the circumstances become so apparent that evidence reveals who it is clearly... Or if you feel like you yourself are being identified, simply just leave it at that. You know, I'm not going to name anybody. I'm not going to name names. I'm going to be trying as vague as possible, but some things just can't be helped. So let's get started. So really, first circumstance I remember, I went to this, my adoptive parents for some reason thought that I was interested in 4-H. Actually, they knew I wasn't interested in 4-H. I don't think anybody who looks like me is interested in 4-H. And that's not to get on anybody who does 4-H. I just... You don't see a lot of black kids going to FFA meetings, 4-H meetings, you know. Let alone Boy Scout meetings. And so, you know, it's just not a big thing. It's not a big thing. Even though I was raised white, so I was whitewashed pretty much. Um, You know, and so... And when I say whitewashed, it's like, it's perfectly okay, like, to be, I know plenty of people who have been raised by, you know, stable, adoptive white parents that are black, or mixed. Um, but when I say whitewashed, I mean, I was taught to hate my own heritage. You know, I was taught to hate other people that look like me. I was taught to, you know, have prejudice against them. And so my foster family took me in and showed me differently. 
that being said, when I went to this 4-H camp, I didn't feel all that welcome. Um, it's not like the kids there were racist, openly, anyways. And I met a few people who I pretty much hung out with, but, you know, these were the usual hillbillies and rednecks that, during that time of my life, I was accustomed to being around. And so, I, um, at this 4-H camp, I, there was this girl who even to this day is extremely attractive um she uh, yeah I really took to her she's really dope she didn't say much either yeah she just didn't say a lot but she was really good looking I thought she was attractive I um there was this dance that was supposed to happen or something like that and I asked her she said no um it's whatever, you know, rejection, I was rejected many times by my parents for simple things, so I sure as hell was used to rejection when it came to girls, and so, well, not to girls, I would say per se, just rejection at its most complicit form, and so, I, it didn't turn bad until I was on the dance floor, we were boogieing, and all of a sudden, they, um, put on this, like, line dance country, and obviously, growing up, like, with these white people, I mean, I wasn't allowed to listen to rap, because only, and their mentality, only gangbangers listen to rap, and so, gangbangers, criminals, rapists, thieves, that's what they used to put in my head, and so, <clears throat> I used to think that way, too, and... So, I knew country songs by, you know, like, Faith Hill, Tim McGraw, and all these other people. It was just a mess. I was a mess. I was so confused about myself. Um, you can really, yeah. But, anyways, they put on this line dance, though, and I didn't know it. And I, there I was, standing in the middle of the floor, and <clears throat> uh, everybody else was line dancing around me. And, of course, I could have just walked away, and I tried to, you know... I tried to, you know, dodge out of the way of these people, and all of a sudden the music stopped, and I kid you not, everybody, like, exp walked to the edge of the room, they formed a circle, and they just started laughing at me, like, I was there in the middle of, what, like, 70, 80 kids at this camp, and they just all started laughing at me, and I was like, okay, whatever, I've been made fun of before, it happened all throughout my childhood, but I, f it really killed me, it hurts when somebody you really like you connect with, you think it's cool, when they start laughing too, that shit is off the chain, and I don't know, there was just, like, prejudice in their eyes, man, like, you could see it initially, you know, the only people who weren't were the, you know, two guys that I connected with at the camp, but there was so much prejudice there that, like, I don't know, for a while, I just, I didn't, you know, it was just so bad, and really, I think, after that first experience, I realized that I had a twisted perspective of how my relationship with girls would be because of my adoptive mother, because she was so sick and twisted and effed up mentally herself. I mean, there's clearly something there, whether it was obsessive compulsive disorder or bipolar disorder, I don't know. But she never really talked about it. She didn't ever say, maybe something's wrong with me. It was always me, 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 my sister. We're just two delinquent black kids who don't deserve um, everything that our 
perfect white savior parents are giving us. So I, yeah, that was the first circumstance. Um, yeah, that was the 4-H girl. Second circumstance, um, I was at this church camp and, um, (laughs) Ooh, that's, that's, uh, chapter for another day but um yeah i was at this church camp there's this girl she's a country going girl too but she's you know she was hip you know like she wasn't so far right that like you could see it she's pretty hip and um like she's the type of girl that you know obviously i think she loved the lord and you know she's super nice but you could tell she was a party going person like i think she straight up said one night when we were sitting on this basketball court that like she had done shit with her like friends or something like that and she brushed super attractive but a friend of mine at the time um he caught feelings or whatever so i had to just i had to drop it um and that's how that's just how i do things i don't it's just whenever somebody else shows interest in something like i usually don't go after in fact if i'm somewhere and somebody i really like has got all these dudes talking to her and they're showing interest i'm like i like i said i don't slut shame i don't assume anything i just kind of lose interest because it's like it's that feeling of exclusivity that we all want and um you know i uh I just misread that whole situation, so that was one. There was another in that same group of church camp people. She was younger, attractive, but she was hung up on this like weird looking dude who looked like a skeleton. Um that went to her school. Um she later turned out, I believe, she came out as bisexual. We talked for a bit actually a while but that didn't work out either so the fourth circumstance was a girl that i met in first grade this is a big one because this was a journey i remember to this day i remember to this day i was in first grade i was so like I had big, there was a big eating thing I had, especially at home with beast parents, like, I, I just, I was so sick of eating food that didn't uh, put my blood sugar up, that I used to sneak food to school, I used to eat it, because I was so hungry, as a little scrawny kid, and so I remember bringing a big old, I stole a big bag of pistachios out of the, um, the pantry, and I took it to school on this day, and I remember trying to sneak the pistachio bag into these little, like, you know those teeny tiny little desks that you would sit at? And, um, I, like, I put the bag inside the little desk hole right in front of me. And, um, uh, right when I opened it, I think, the whole thing spilled out. And I, here I was, like, like an idiot. So this girl walked in she was like she's a little girl my age um she was a cheerleader at the time and me first grader i was so shocked just by her appearance that i fell 
and the desk in front of me fell. And so there I was, little kid, um, with, and you know how, like, the chairs would attach to the desk. And, um, yeah, so I fell back in the chair, and the desk fell back on top of me. And from the hole, like, all these, a whole entire bag of, um, uh, wonderful pistachios, uh, like, the brand that, you like, you can get them in the store for, like, or whatever, but they're these tall black bags of huge amounts of pistachios, and the pistachios, all of them, poured out of the bag onto my face on the ground, and um, I remember I was crying, and that was the first image this girl got of me and stuff, but I remember towards the end of the year, uh, uh, during those like little field days that we'd all have, I feel like everybody goes through those during elementary school, middle school, but like, during the field day, um, I remember, what was it? I, so the pavement would get so hot that the teachers would have us sit on a towel and we could only sit in pairs for whatever reason. So, um, I had nobody to sit with and this girl, she, uh, she's like, I'll sit with you. And then we just, we sat there, we had lunch on the, um, the towel and I, from about first grade to about ninth grade that was like I was pretty much the one you know in my young mind and so uh you know throughout the years a lot of weird shit happened you know I remember in second grade I had eating issues um third grade let's see what happened in third grade third grade I had I just got in trouble a lot in third grade, I remember. Fourth grade, I ran away for the first time, and my sister got taken away from me. She got arrested because she kept running away, like I later did from these crazy-ass people. She got put in foster care, so that was emotional. Uh, Fifth grade, um, that... (laughs) Yeah, no. Fifth grade was an adventure. Um, But yeah, no, all the way through middle school, I really liked this girl, and... um, I we just slowly grew apart. Um, last time I checked on her, she she had come out. I think as a lesbian or bisexual. I forget one of them, but she came out and um, she's super good looking. Uh, but you know, I've kept my space. I leave a privacy. Um, she's studying social work, which is super dope because. Um, we don't have nearly enough social workers, and yeah, it's, um, she's a big advocate for Black Lives Matter, uh, yeah, I don't know, um, assuming that her way, which way she's swinging on the, um, on the totem pole, that might be the one, I've always suspected that might be the one, but like I say, it's not okay to harass people just because you think your life is a Hollywood movie, so like I say, I've kept my space for all these years um fifth circumstance is a girl who i met in first grade as well we were friends for all the way up until i left (sighs) southwest licking schools in high school and um you know it there wasn't a connection until i think middle school but she found her faith and um but she became super modest um, 
her family wasn't that religious either, so it was just a big surprise for her family. But um, yeah, they became super. She became super modest, you know, and super, um, you know, adherent to, you know, more traditional scripture, and um, I I I don't know something about that. At first, it kind of captivated me, but then. I don't know, I just, it spaced me out from her. Like I say, a few times I've tried to reach out to her and stuff, but um, she's not okay, like, she's not okay with any level of secular activity or talk or behavior, and so um, I respect that, you know, I don't, like, judge that or, you know, discriminate against it, Um, but I just, I, you know, it's just not me, so um, as long as she's doing okay, that's whatever. Uh, let's see. There's another one. Uh, yeah, it's not, yeah, let's not delve into that. She, well, this girl, we connected, but then she ended up, she ended up with the dude, and she's still with the dude that I have not liked since a very young age. He's an asshole. He's conceited. He's very narcissistic, but whatever. You like what you like. Uh, seventh circumstance. This one is a bitch to think about because, um, there is some serious trauma with this one. She, I met her when I was in sixth grade, and this girl is. I, it's like. I don't know how to describe it, bro. Like, she's just. I, you just have to see her. Um, and meet her, and you just know, but this girl, I really liked, and I knew her throughout high school, too, and until I left that school district, like I say, but basically, what happened was, my parents, um, somehow managed to get this other random girl to believe that I wait that my best friend in school just to harass me just to mess with me they managed to get this girl to believe that my best friend had sexually harassed her and her dad even came in and was threatening to pummel this kid even though we were in still middle school and then they turned the tables and tried to say that like it was me who did it even though the girl herself said that no he didn't do anything to me because i've never sexually harassed anybody and so um so they made this whole big story up and then they found out that i liked this girl and then they said the same thing about best friend and because it was them like reaching out to this girl via social media when it first came out and when it was first a big thing to have a phone and a laptop they sat down and they acted like they were super sorry with this with my best friend's parents and he believed the notion that they put out that I was the one that um you know did all this like I construed this whole big fucking master plan really when I didn't do shit like I say they just found out that I like this girl so they webbed this whole fucking big circumstance rather than just saying oh you can't talk to her you can't do anything whatever and so uh, I always had trauma because of that and I reached out to her 
as soon as I got out of that fucking house and I got out of juvie, um, you know, actually, I wouldn't say as soon. It was like about, it was a few years, you know. I think I was senior. Yeah, I was a senior. I reached out to her and I explained, and she's like, oh my God, I'm sorry that happened to you. I just can't believe that. And so I, yeah, so that's all good. That's all Gucci. To be honest, there's something there, but like you say, you got to give people their space and just see how life goes. And um, last I heard, she was playing college softball, so that's interesting. Um, the next circumstance I can think of was a girl. So after I left Watkinson Memorial, I went to Newark High School. That was a fucking jungle in itself. It's the first time I really went to a ghetto-ass school where everybody was fucking everybody and the teachers were fucking students and administration was fucking students and nobody really cared. Um, so there's this cute-ass girl. This cute-ass girl. Um, I knew she liked me. She didn't know I liked her, but I was super shy at the time. Of course, new fucking school. And, um... So I obviously didn't say shit about it to, like, anybody, you know? Because I didn't even want my adoptive parents to find out. So they could sabotage it again. And uh, lo and behold, after I ran away, ran away, ran away, and they finally, you know, sent me to jail. And they were going to take me out of that custody. When I was in jail, um, in my little cell block, um, and anybody who's into the MCJDC Center as a kid, um, hopefully you haven't, but if you have, you know there's like, what is it? It's like units and shit, like by age group, and one girl group, but we never see them ever. Basically, I was sitting at a table, and everybody was talking about their, you know, like, their boo things, you know, you know, if they had boyfriends, girlfriends, baby mamas, all kinds of shit, and so, uh, I remember there's this dude who, like, he was there because he was having sex with his grandma. You know, what the fuck, but it is what it is. I uh, I said this girl's name, you know, and, and this one dude was like, oh, yeah, I know her. We hang out all the time. And I thought, no, nah, well, there's got to... I mean, her name was really unique. And I was like, uh, maybe there's more than one here. But as soon as I said her last name, everybody, like three other guys and like the unit were like oh yeah man um i know her shit we used to kick it all the time and i was like fuck man and like i say i will emphasize that i don't slut shame i don't judge anybody for having fun i just like that feeling of exclusivity at least when it comes to not like you're i don't mind if somebody were to talk to other people uh, i'm not i didn't i'm not, i'm like that now i've evolved i didn't used to be like that so I, yeah, I just wasn't mature simply because the most relationship I had with a woman was with my adoptive mother who was abusive, who was crazy, had a mental issue. So obviously my perspective of women and girls in general was going to be twisted. I didn't have any, you know, avenue for maturity and I didn't, I sure as hell didn't have a good example of an intimate romantic relationship from my two legal guardians who bickered all the freaking time and so i don't know i just i gave up on that you know she was cute though i i haven't seen her since that many years ago but 
hearing all that, oh, yeah, we used to kick it all the time. And the one dude was like, yeah, man, I smashed the shit out of her. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, the one after that is also a New York girl who I fell for. She actually knew my adoptive cousin at the time who was black and who was being raised by the sister of my adoptive mother. Uh, she also went through an abusive relationship. Um, she still actually has contact with her so-called mom. But that relationship isn't much better. I don't know why she... Yeah, no. I That circumstance is a little bit different, though. Uh, uh, my The Lou Guardian's older sister, a.k.a. my aunt, she was... I feel more reasonable actually um I really do I feel as if she was more the reasonable of the two it sucks because I feel like we yeah I just don't yeah that's another story for another time but this girl she knew my adoptive cousin hypothetically and um I told my adoptive cousin this that she basically I like this girl from Newark and she said oh yeah I know her from volleyball blah 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 she told the girl and somehow my she told the girl she told my hypothetical aunt she who told my legal guardian adoptive mother and thus I just gave up because I whatever so not after not long after that shit um I, uh, obviously I was in Newark, I went to jail for 90 days, then I got a foster care voucher, went to, you know, foster family, so, got to Coshocton, and to this day, I still remember those early days when I first went to Coshocton, man, I, um, I remember standing outside of the school thinking, what the fuck, you know, like, here's no okay so i literally just got done two three weeks just getting used to this new school and i'm going to another and um after the night the three months of being in jail so i am just all kinds of fucked up when it comes to meeting new people i hope to god at this point that this is my last school and thankfully it was but i remember looking through the door and who else but alan davis and tyrus were looking at me through the doors they were leaning up against whatever the fuck's like near the front of the school i know it's like all armed and shit now because crazy ass motherfuckers shooting up schools but um before it had all that like security system and shit uh yeah you could just walk in through the front door and there would be like the generator heater ac whatever the fuck it is so i remember thinking well they looked unfriendly like it was alan his older brother and Tyrus all looking at me and they look like fucking the front of a Danny Glover album cover and um yeah man it it was just crazy and their resting face was just it didn't look welcoming and I was like oh shit here we go again uh because at Newark the black kids pretty much accepted me you know they were making beats on the table one of them almost knocked me out uh, I probably should say you pretty much knocked my shit out because we slap box in like the parking lot. But nah, the first time I saw black kids, I just, I thought, what the fuck? Like they just look like them that you know they're not happy to see me. But I was so untrue, obviously. Um, 
But the first girl, I, in fact, the first day I went into Coshocton High School, somebody tried to hit up on me, bro. Like, and I won't say her name, obviously, like I said before, but uh, super cute. She still is super fine. Um, I, earlier I talked about the two types of people that I've connected with. She was definitely the first type, obviously. She saw me. She saw my appearance. Tall, light skin, um, you know, athletically thin. First generalization you make, oh, yes, he plays basketball. You know, uh, in, you, instant attraction. Because I, you know, that was her type, which I didn't know then, but, uh, you know, I know now. But I, it wasn't until... I, you know, didn't uh, really show any talent whatsoever in athletics and mostly a music idiot that I, uh, she lost her attraction to me, but yeah, no, she, um, she's called me juice too, man. I, it was just, it was, it was very strange, but like I say, I, she's still pretty fine i like i say it's just it wasn't there and i wasn't used to that you know quick moving high maintenance connection and i certainly wasn't mature enough to handle it so that didn't really work out that flopped um yeah so the next one is interesting because she was actually my first a official girlfriend i um <clears throat> this might seem harsh but when i first started dating this girl i wasn't attracted to her <laughs> i which just sounds bad i know but i was not attracted to her man like the only reason i started dating this girl was because i um i wanted to get close to my foster family you know it was still new I was still within months of being there, and I was mo- I was closest to a specific foster brother, and uh, he was dating this girl, and I think wait yeah he was he was dating yeah he was dating this girl, and uh, this I wanted to get I was getting to know her, I was getting to know him, the family I love you know it was it was amazing it was the best time of my life, and um, with the exception of everything I was going through. And I say that was the best time of my life simply because I was getting out of the shithole that I dug myself into because of the abuse around me. And I was slowly rising out of that. And so I wanted to get to know this family that would had brought me up out of this horror, you know? And I, um, yeah, I, I got to know this girl and, you know, she's super cute. Uh, She's two, yeah, two years younger than me, and um, you know, I, I was it one and a half or two? I don't know. Like I say, we're the same age range. You know, it's not like this big, huge gap. I, I, I believe, yeah, it's yeah, it wasn't a big, huge gap. Right in the same age range, cute. She's funny, but. Like I said, I wasn't mature enough, and I'm so traumatized by relationships, I certainly wasn't ready for one. And so, um, we actually didn't meet face-to-face until we all went to this church camp that we'd go to that 
uh, was a stem of the my foster mother's um, denomination, the Pentec- the you know, the Church of the Pentecost, and so. Uh, we we think overall it was just the PCG, and um, we'd all a bunch of churches would go to the church camp, or at least the youth would. At first, it'd be like the little kids, and then it'd be the teens, and so we'd go to the church camp. And the first time I saw her face to face was actually at this church camp, and so there I, my younger foster brother, who I also connected with initially, I was really tight with, um, and who I, uh, whatever, um. Uh, I had one foster brother trying to hit on her all week. I had another dude in our church, you know, in our little youth group trying to hit hit on her. And I, it's the first time I saw her, so I didn't know how to react. Um, I caught feelings towards the end. And that sounds like, that's such an asshole thing to say, because I certainly wouldn't do that here. Like, I just wouldn't date somebody simply because... Somebody else wants me to. Like, I, I just, I wouldn't. I've been through too much shit. I'm not going to do that much myself. Like, I just, I don't deserve that. They don't deserve that. It is what it is. But that's how it was. You know, I didn't really catch feelings for her until kissed and um, we proceeded. Obviously, that was really toxic. Um, mostly because of me, I will admit. Like, and my biggest thing was, um, I was competing, okay? I was competing with a foster kid that my foster mother had, and this girl had been close with him, and I think, I don't think she'd admit it even now, but really I was competing with this dude because I mean this dude was good at basketball I heard by reputation he's like he can fight like a professional he's big buff dark skin personable the life of the party you know when people heard his name people saw him we'd be like oh yeah how you doing man blah 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 blah. and they were close man and so um I Really, I was smart enough to understand that I was really the supposed to be re- the replacement device for this dude. You know, because I was in the same foster family. You know, I was tall, black-ish. Black-ish. And so, you know, I was fighting with that. You know, the whole relationship. And really, it became so toxic to where I just couldn't meet those standards anymore that I ended it. You know, I broke up with her. And um, I, I, my reasons throughout the times, I think there were several times where it was off and on, off and on, but uh, there were other things too. Like, for example, I could tell that her friends at the church camp, they didn't like me. It was obvious. Um, uh, I could tell her dad didn't like me. <laughs> eh. I, I knew her dad didn't like me. Um, actually, I saw him not too long ago. Not too long. I almost freaked out, too. I was at my job recently. and Or my old job, I will say. And he walked... I swear to God. Like, I, I literally... I was just... I do, minding my business. And who but... I looked over, and I, they seemed so familiar. And who but her dad... He walked past... I don't think he recognized me, because it had been so long. But her dad and her little brother, who's gotten super fucking tall were right there I swear to god like 
and I recognized him immediately. I dipped out of sight. I was like, fuck, no. Um, but, yeah, that just ended badly. Um, it, it didn't end too badly, I would say, but I, it wasn't fair to her. It wasn't fair to me, and so it just went on. You know, we just proceeded. You know, there were a few times I tried to hit her up again, but I was just being a horny little kid. And so, you know, eventually I just stopped, you know, and I didn't attempt to do it again. And, uh, but yeah, that was the first way back when. And, um, I don't know. Like, the thing about that was I, I really, um, you know, I don't necessarily, my biggest thing was she told me, her words to me were, because I had told her, I said, I will never make you do anything that you're new or uncomfortable with, you know? You know, I know people like that dominant shit, and it's okay. I'm not dom or sub-shaming anybody. But her words to me were, I would have done anything for you just because I loved you. And uh, that just that touched me, but at the same time, I didn't like the implication that... Uh, I wanted somebody with, you know, more... Like, I prefer a fight when it comes to that kind of thing. Like, if you're going to... If we're going to peel back layers to you, I want you to resist. You know? That's something that I like more. I don't like too much... Uh, I'm yours. All of me. And not just, like, physically, but, like, all of... I just want some sort of resistance. Because I, myself, have had to cultivate thick skin. And it's easier for me to empathize with somebody else who has thick skin. So... That was another circumstance in of itself. Um, okay, so on to the next. So in that group, um, another person, she, this next person, she, uh, I am totally at fault here because she actually lived in near to Shockton. She actually went to my church. Her family did. Um, I love her family. Her mom's fantastic. Her dad is cool. Like, they're both amazing. Um, you know, the whole family is just really dope. And um, this girl, I did like her. Like, uh, I didn't initially like her. But then I started to, and then I was like, eh. And then I didn't. And then she got a boyfriend, and then all of a sudden I did. And then that really just kind of irritated me. But then after they broke up, I became close to her ex because he's literally the white version of me, I swear to God. Like, he... We discovered how close we were because we started finishing each other's sentences. And we're not talking about, like, obvious finishes. Like, we would... We're just on the same wavelength, man. And, um... He's the white version of me. And I remember when they dated, it just kind of hurt like a bitch. And so I realized that I liked her. But then eventually I didn't anymore, simply because I was kind of just exhausted by it. But then, um, we connected over the premise that she admitted something in a youth group that was very personal, personal, very raw, something that I empathized with. And so, off of that, our whole dynamic became very florid. You know, I was very immature in the way I handled certain aspects of how we went from where we originally were 
to the next level and the next level. And she is such an amazing girl. She's so smart. She's so caring. She's so kind. And I would never attempt to talk to her again simply because there's shit that I need to work out with myself before I, you know, and she's so nice. And she's, she's like, both physically and like emotionally, she's brought herself like so far along. And so, you know, I, that's something that I've often thought about really because she, she's dope. But, um, you know, that's another circumstance. I, yeah. It's weird. Um, after her, though, I really just kind of stayed away from the whole church genre um, of circumstances. But let's see here. I will. Okay, here's the next few ones. Um, the next one is somebody at Shockton, actually. At Shockton High School. I really started liking this girl in junior year when she was dating a friend of mine who I miss very much. He is a nutcase, but uh, yeah, he's he's somebody who I cherish a lot and who I check up on every so often. He's super dope dude. He's uptight. You know, he's a straight up guy and he deserves the world, but he was dating her at the time. I caught feelings for her, but I was very insecure about myself. And you have to understand, folks, that like when you are abused emotionally sexually and physically you're how you perceive yourself it's just terrible and so even after all the time i'd spent with my foster family that's not enough therapy it's not enough um you know affection deficit to supplement everything that you need to feel better about yourself and my confidence has gotten better at the time mind you but it wasn't so bad to where I, um, you know, I was like everybody else. So where I, I'd cut median. So I uh, talked to this girl. I got a little bit closer to her. Um, but I would do weird things like not talk to her face to face because I felt for some reason like I just didn't deserve her. And she was above my like social status, even though that didn't like mean anything um, in hindsight. Um... I would do things like be upset when she talked to other people, even though I really had no clue. And really, I realized much later that I don't think there was really anything there on her side, which is okay. Like, I, you don't shame other people for not feeling affection. I've said that before. I'll say it many times, but I don't blame her for that. Um, there was a weird circumstance where I got kind of fucked up drunk, and I'd smoked, and I sent her this long voice memo. And I hope she forgot. I hope to God she forgot about it. But I, I seriously doubt it. I'm sure she, it's on her phone somewhere still. And I will, if I ever hear it again myself, I'll probably just die on the spot. Um. Yeah, that was a whole thing. We got closer in senior year. There's a moment very briefly where I felt like it could have proceeded into deeper waters, but I overall just assessed that it just it didn't amount to anything um and with that i would try to distract myself with other people that i try to talk to um which wasn't fair really to them or to me to try to get myself away from that circumstance you know that individual but um 
you know, after I left and I graduated, I it, it just that chapter closed, and thank God it did. Um, and I haven't talked to her for a while. I don't know if she even wants to talk to me anymore. I'm sure she's doing great. You know, she, um, you know, all I got to say is I hope you and your new man are doing good wherever you're at, and thanks for serving. So, oh, that's just fucking fantastic. Now's about the time where the Honda Civics that think they're fucking Lamborghinis are racing down my street. So, I have two more here. Um, approaching the 15-minute mark. Um, I have two more. So, I have one that <clears throat> worked at the super cute... Um, she worked at this, uh, this shoe store, I believe, and, uh, super cute, super sweet, she's my age, um, basically, she had issues with her ex, or, she had a boyfriend, currently, I don't know, it was her current boyfriend, it was whoever, but, he's basically a fucking jackass, and, um, I was not where I needed to be myself, and I always regretted it just because she was so good looking. She's so nice. Um, but I was also afraid to open that chapter of my life. And this was way, way later. Like, this was after all the homelessness, after all the years, after I went across the country. This is after I came home, after, like, the two two or so years. And so I, um, uh, you know, I, I just didn't, um, you know, I talked to her and... Um, I feel super bad because I, I ghosted her. You know, I I did because shit fell apart in my life again. And I was not going to bring in somebody who could not handle... Like, I, my shit is next level, okay? And I always found... Like, I told myself, I'm not going to bring in somebody random who I really care about. Who I think there might be something with. Into this chaos of my life. And so... um she, last I checked, she is, I don't know if it's her ex, my god, I hope not, but, um, or the dude that she talked about, mm. oh, she, uh, yeah, last I heard she was, um, she was with somebody, and, uh, she seems happy, you know, and that's all that matters, and, um, I mean, I'm sure she'll do well, she, She's in school, or she's doing whatever with her life, and that was more recent than not, but the big, let me tell you about the big honcho, and I've saved this one for last, man, so, I, uh, throughout my times, I, well, you know what, there's one more, so, there was one in Colorado, when I was in Colorado, she worked at, where I worked at, she was a bit younger, um, but she had already graduated, of course, but she was a bit younger, and, um, sorry, folks, getting dehydrated, um, she was a bit younger, younger being 19, so, you know, don't let the imagination go astray, uh, I liked her, but, you know, is. Nah, it just wasn't a thing. Um, there was another one at the store as well. Um, 
and this is why. See, this was a okay. Listen, this was a dude. Um, but I wasn't physically attracted to him. But there was something there, you know. Like I wasn't physically, like sexually attracted to this guy. But the reason I say people, and the reasons I don't know myself yet, I don't know what I like yet, is because the connection I had with this dude was pretty good. Like he. The, you know, he wasn't the boy. Like, there are the boys, right? They're the boys. And then there are people who you just, you know, you connect with. And I was, there's something deep with him there. And I really like his... He's a really great guy. Um, you know, he was... You know, he was gay, but... The reason why I'm not quick to... Say that I'm... Oh, I'm a concrete 100% fist-in-the-face heterosexual is because of what I have, you know, how I felt about this dude, and so, I, um, and like I said, I, I wasn't crushing, it was just, I felt something with him that I hadn't felt towards a guy before, and, um, you know, he was older, he, we never did anything, he's just, I like being with him, and so, there was that. Um, now, throughout this time, folks, like, throughout this, I think from, eight, yeah, from ages 18 to 21, I fooled around, you know, anybody, there have been people, like, you know, there's been some overlap with experience I've, I've had, um, but most of the ones I just relate to you guys are ones that aren't recent at all, um, you know, I fooled around with some folks, I, uh, to tell you the truth, um, I lost my virginity when I was 19, Okay, like I, fact, you know, I was, oh, you know, I'm not one of those, oh, I lost to him when I was fucking 16, man, at a party getting fucked up, this girl was all up on me, yeah, no, I'm not one of those dudes, I'll be honest, I lost my virginity when I was 19, and, um, okay, side story, we're getting a little bit sidetracked, I have, I have to tell you this story, so, I, when I was homeless in my car, I only had a limited amount of cash, and so, I remember I looked up I looked up the words head doctor head doctor on my phone and of course some of you are thinking uh okay that's you know but I didn't know seriously I didn't know like even as smart as I consider myself I didn't know what the fuck that meant so it's like head doctor yeah and I saw this ad near Cleveland and I was already kind of near north because I was driving around like I said on the last show and so I I thought to myself, damn, so I called her up and I said I said the words, is this the head doctor? And for some reason I found it weird that she laughed and she said, Yeah, babe, um, you know, um, do you need me to look at you? And I was like, Yeah, man, um, you know, just send me a place to go. And so I, I drove to this address she sent me, and there's this um girl and she didn't look professional either. So I was like, Okay, what the fuck? Like this is this is interesting, and, um, yeah, man, so, she gets to my car, and I, I think, okay, this is weird, because I think I'm paying for, like, maybe a cheap service, somebody who knows uh, what was wrong with me, because I needed a checkup, because I was eating, like, shit, I, I hadn't showered for weeks, I was eating, like, horrible, I felt horrible, and I needed somebody to look at me for extremely, extremely cheap, like, like a hood, a hood, a hood medic, what they call you, you know, somebody who knows medical shit, but won't charge you an arm and leg in the low-income community, a hood medic, and so I was looking for a hood medic, but no, 
she was a head doctor. And so she got in my car and she's like, oh, can you pull, can we find a parking lot? And I was like, all right, this is strange. But so I did and we found a parking lot. And so we got to talking. Mm. And um, she leans over and I, I lean my head in, but I realized that's not the head she wanted to look at, man. So, and she grabs my pants and I was like, whoa, what's up? Cause I'd already paid her the cash. And, um, like I say, I'm not the most, before all this, like before the experiences I had after, because I've changed a lot since then, I was same, so my same old self. And so she, she like grabbed my fucking pants, man. And she like, you can imagine what happened next. And I didn't stop it. Like I didn't. And I was fucking flamoxed, but then it finally clicked. And uh, I know that's embarrassing and kind of gross to tell, but yeah, I got serviced by a head doctor, y'all. Like, seriously. And um, I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, I really just paid for this woman to have sex with me. Like, when I really... I'm not the type of dude to just go out buying prostitutes. Like, that's... I don't... No shame to sex workers. No shame to any of that. But I just paid this girl to have sex with me. Like, that's crazy. And she started... She was a head doctor, but she doctored my whole body, bro. Like, that shit was nuts. And really, like I said, I, did, I wasn't going to ask for her money back. She did her thing. And... Two two weeks later, my shit was itching, and I had to, I uh, bro like later when I was in L.A. and my shit was going better or no later when I was in Denver should I say that's when I got checked out and everything was going it, I was all good but like um my shit was itching because I had showered in forever you know like I didn't have an STI but like bro I actually bought like a head doctor. And she doctored my shit. Like, she, I, I made an appointment. She serviced me. She gave me a checkup. And she gave me some medicine. And that shit was crazy. That shit was off the hook. And, like, bro. Anyways. So, let's talk about the final one. So, at, at my most recent job. At my most recent job. There is this girl who... Um... My, my old my old most recent job so there was this girl she's older she's su- super attractive like yeah, yeah she's super good looking and um she's super smart you know she works at this store with high value items and um you know I see her the first day I start working there I think damn she is beautiful um but I have to talk to her because of my job then and um it's just in the nature of the store she worked at. So uh, you know, after a few days, she and her manager approached me with the idea of being her sister's date. Right, being being her relative's date to her wedding. And um I already said it, so I'll just say it. being her sister's date to her wedding. And I was flattered, man. I was I was so flattered because, you know, I was trying to get my social expansion back. And, you know, they seem like up relative people, you know, 
valid people, you know, who were genuine and super nice, and I was super flattered that they offered, and so this would be my first adult-like thing, and so I, um, you know, I, I, I went, because I've been to, I've been to plenty of weddings, I've been to shit ton of weddings, I know the songs, I've been to plenty of white weddings, that was the key point, I've been to plenty of white weddings, and I knew all the songs they play, they play Shout, you know, the Cupid Shuffle, uh, the Dougie, you know, we'd be doing the twists, line dancing and shit, like, I was, I was done with it, bro, like, I was prepared, you know, I was about to bring a little bit of seasoning, and so, uh, in that, I connected with her with the intention of, you know, with, genuinely, with the intention of just, um, you know, having enough contact to where I knew where to go, whatever, but, you know, I was just, I was talking to him so much that I began to catch feelings we connected and of course this girl has a big thing with novels and that was ooh that for me that was a big thing and the whole purpose of her reason for marrying rather than what you should be marrying somebody for was so selfless and so extraordinary to me that it I don't know it just spiraled out of control and so I, uh, here I was talking to somebody who was engaged, and, but, I, let me tell you this, folks, I was not intentionally trying to homewreck anybody, okay, I never crossed the line, I never proposed anything, cra- like, this was some, like, it was mostly voluntary on the other side, that, like, you should do this and this, I was the one who threw up the yellow lights the most, saying, are you sure, like, is this okay, should we do this, blah, 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 and I, I, like, I didn't, my intention wasn't, like, my initial intention wasn't to hook up, right, because I, I, I crossed, I literally stopped at every stoplight possible, because I, if I was engaged, I'd feel devastated, because I've been devastated countless times in life, especially before then, and I'd be devastated if, like, somebody cheated, I, I'd never cheated before on anybody, I'd be devastated if somebody cheated on me. Um, you know, and, um, well, for the second time, but another story for another time. And, uh, well, not really. I, like I say, this girl I talked to, she wasn't worth talking about, you know, today, but, uh, we liked each other. I walked in on her you know, I had the intention of asking her out, but, and this was in Denver, but I had the intention of asking her out after I was, you know, I, I left my grandparents, I was crashing with some dude I met, and, um, I liked this girl for a few months, I, uh, before I left LA, I had the intention of asking her out, and then I walked in when we went to this party on the same dude I was crashing with fucking her and I was like okay whatever but um in terms of an actual relationship and engagement no less like I'd be devastated if somebody cheated on me and I didn't want to do that to her or anybody else on the dude and so this guy or and you know he wasn't some big bulky dude you know uh, but I I just didn't have issues with anybody, and I'm not gonna be the guy, I'm not gonna be some fucking, like, 
the civilian equ- equivalent of a Jody, you know. And so I, I just didn't, you know. I just wasn't going to. But it wasn't until she put the brakes on her relationship and her wedding. Because at first when she did, I was kind of panicking because I was like, okay, if this guy, he's going to, you know, first question is going to be, why all of a sudden you're saying no? Is there somebody else? And um, I didn't want to be under the spotlight like that. But then as I got the assurance that, you know, it wasn't just me, you know, is that the reservations to begin with that were initially, you know, a part of the whole situation. Uh, you know, we started talking more and more and more, but then shit started hitting the fan with the Stewarts again, who manipulated me, uh, you know, with my apartment rent. And like I say, I talked about it during the last episode, but shit started hitting the fan, you know, I got evicted, you know, I leave my job, became homeless and I struggled. And so I, uh, you know, I had to, I had to leave, you know, I had to leave and I, I told her, I, I kind of give her a little bit of a preface on what was going on, but I said, you know, I can't, we, it's just not going to work out. Um, and thank, thankfully I, I learned recently that, you know, she married the dude. So I assume they made up and, um, everything's good because they had a long relationship. And, um, the only thing I do regret scary to me is that he knows my name. Um, because she told him, but I'm not concerned simply because there was no overlap. Like there was no overlap. Like I, I can confirm that I was the one who put the, you know, yellow lights on and it, it didn't get to the point where I was, you know, trying to get intimate with her until she put the pause in her relationship and was act like it was a two-sided thing because uh yeah like it's, i'm just not that guy I, I will never be that guy and so i she's with him now she married him and i heard she got a promotion or something life is going good for her man and um i'm happy um like i say since then it's really been nobody i um there's a few other people time to time I, you know, I see, you know, I, uh, oh, 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 no, oh, no, I've yet to talk about this one, I thought that was going to be the best for last, folks, this, I didn't, I didn't anticipate this, I did not anticipate this, I forgot about this one, alright, so look, um, what was it? sophomore year sophomore year I was in marching band and after the football season you see people doing certain fall sports and you tend to really have a thing for folks and so this was I think not too long after I broke up with another like this girl, um, I broke up with this girl, and one of the people I talked about earlier, and, um, who actually has a kid, by the way, she, or she's gonna have a kid, married, it's amazing to me, but she's gonna be a great mom, anyways, back on track, back on track, 
I fell in love with I can't say the specific title because it's gonna narrow it right down. It's gonna be an immediate recognition, but I fell in love with the daughter of a member of the administration. I caught feelings for her, bro. I don't know why. Okay, she's not, she wasn't the usual type. You know, uh, 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 there's no evidence that she even knew that I existed. And so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, that, <laughs> that was a yikes. Uh, so, I confided this into nobody. Nobody but the lady that worked at um, the movie theater in Coshocton. Um Miss, uh, I believe her name was Miss Jody, who I love because super chill every time we go to the movie theater. Of course, the Foster family used to go to a lot, but she used to do our graduation photos. And I used to reveal to her, um, well, I, I taught, for some reason, I just did, man. Like, she asked me if I liked anybody. I was dating some anybody, and I was like, no, but there's this one girl, and I told her. And she's like, what? I was <laughs> like, yeah, man. But I told her, man, I was like, you know, I'm not going like, to try to go after her. I said, I just think she's really attractive. And so, um, somehow this lady, Miss Jody, she, um, hey, <laughs> bless her heart, I do love her, but she told, like, the mother, she told the mother of this girl, <laughs> the wife of this member of administration in the school district that I liked her and turns out oh god man it oof, it was just um it was just not good uh yeah because I saw Jody again next time with we the movie theater because I thought it was all under wraps but she said she she had told the, the mom and her, her mom was like, oh, well, I don't care who she dates as long as she's happy, whatever, or something like that. And as long as, you know, she was the typical good mom response. And, I mean, first of all, the mom's attractive, too. Like, I mean, if we're being real here, the entire, attract, like, family's attractive. Um, you know, her little brother looks like a pimp. I assume he gets a lot of girls, man. Um, the member of administration has a super deep voice. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go into detail because, yeah, you know what? The whole family's good looking, bro. The mom's pretty fine. Uh, the daughter's pretty fine. But she's very goody-goody. You know, I I don't know what the fuck is going on. But, like I said, this sophomore year, somehow, like I said, I just, I didn't communicate with anybody about it. It was a very brief thing. But, yeah, man, I, I caught feels for this girl, bro. Like the daughter of the man, a man who could literally end my education within one signature, bruh. And I was like, bro, what? First of all, first of all, what? One of my foster brothers, though, he made the situation worse because he like made a fucking Facebook profile with this dude. Okay, so this family. He came up with a random name, like Kyle or some shit. I forget what it was, but he took up some, like, looked up hot boy on Google, hot teenage boy on Google, and he used it as a profile picture, and he, like, friend requested her, 
with and he put the last name as of the mystery dude, you know, the anonymous person he was trying to catfish as, as um, as you know their last name. So he'd think it was relative. And I was like, why? Like, why would you fucking do that? And um, but I don't know what that was about. It's very uh, suspicious though because recently I have been getting like really weird things happening with the app called Discord and like they're this foster brother he knows he knows like certain passwords that I often used to use and so shit's been happening and he's been using it's some sus shit's been happening on Discord recently and I don't even use Discord first of all like anymore like I use uh, Steam at most to game and if I'm gonna like talk to people I just use um, the Steam chat or I'll, you know I'll just dead ass you know talk to them in, in game but I don't really use the Discord like that especially not to fucking you know do whatever he was doing but um anyways yeah man I felt I caught feelings for you know what fuck it I, I promised that I would be authentic. I caught feelings for the principal's daughter in sophomore year, bro. And that shit was off the hook. I gotta tell you, that shit was crazy. Because I'm glad that didn't get like go to the next level. Simply because... Anyways. Um, yeah. Alright, well... We're 25 minutes within the next segment. Um, I'll probably have to do... Oh, God. I gotta do sponsorship recordings if I want to make money off of these episodes, bro. Uh, yeah, man. Relationship. But that's just me. Uh, you'll see there's a bit of a, a thin line. There's a thin line of consistency when it comes to the circumstances I've talked about. All of them have not worked out (laughs) like I haven't had a successful interaction like I've hooked up with people like I've hooked up with several folks in the last three years so like um but mostly in the big cities like I haven't hooked up with anybody since I went I've went back midwest it was all west you know because people are so free with their sexuality so it's just crazy over there um as soon as you like cross the California border your sex drive just multiplies. I, I swear to God. So it's like, um, yeah, man. Or oh, when you go through trauma, when you go through relationships, man, it's it's just doomed not to work out. Um, and I've learned, I've mat- I've matured since. You know, I used to have this big sexual perspective of people. You know, I used to think so, care so much about what other people thought of me. You know. And uh, I really don't anymore. I do to an extent, but only if I really, really care about this person or, like, I respect what they have to say. But if not, when it comes to the general populace, like, I, I really don't give a shit. Like, and, you, and y'all shouldn't either, man. Like, learn to mature from each relationship y'all been in. And if you're in a shitty, like, if you're in a situation right now, listen to me, bro. If y'all are in a toxic relationship, an abusive relationship, if y'all... A relationship that y'all don't even want to be in, bro. Listen, if it's not benefiting you at all, if you're not feeling anything, toxicity ain't love, y'all. Like, really, it, it ain't, bro. Like, you really gotta dip up out of there, bro. You gotta step, cause 
that shit is like that's it's not good though like it ain't really fast in the vibe check and it's not a flex to be you know go around and be like oh i really hit my same shit like fellas bro going oh i hit my bitch bro you think that's a flex bro putting your hands on anybody like you're just a bully first of all and like if y'all somebody who's been beat down by his legal guardians as a kid like i know that i know what it's like to get beat down bro my adoptive parents used to whoop the fuck out of me bro they used to just like dead ass like just punch the shit out of me and shit they'd like yeah i i get like even in black even compared to black house ethnic i would say even compared to ethnic households like hispanic um asian middle eastern black households what i got wasn't this like severe discipline bro that shit was abuse and so, and I they I get called a nigger, spat in my face. I'm I'm gonna be a th- you know I get told I was gonna be a thug, a uh, gangbanger, a uh, fucking thief. Um, you know, I wasn't worth shit. And so I uh, I know what that shit's like, bro. And so y'all don't deserve it for real, bro. Like, bro, you if somebody really if somebody says that to you, bro, you. You, they gotta go, bro. You, you just got, you gotta send them on their way because, like, this is your story. You know, you the author, not them. Fuck them. You really have to judge the merit of what they say, okay? So it's like, it's like this. If you put, imagine your life is like a cup. Um. Whatever holds the foundation of the liquid that you fill in that cup has to be thicker, okay? So it's like, it's like this. If you pour oil in first, and the oil represents a toxic, an abusive, a manipulative, a gaslighting person in your life that you care about, romantic or not if they're in your life talking about oh you know you need to fulfill this need you know my needs are more me 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 not you and that oil in that cup represents how they feel bro like even if you were to pour water on top of that oil let me tell you cause like all you're going to taste is oil. That water ain't going to do shit. That oil is going to pass right through that water. Laws of physics. And really... Anything can be diluted if you have enough water in it, bro. Meaning, it takes time sometimes, but don't be afraid to get up out of like any toxic situation. Um, a hostile situation, bro. Like... don't be sexually manipulated into like fucking somebody you know because that's like that's not a far branch away from being groomed um you know if somebody's putting their hands on you bro like really i swear to god bro like you you can tell somebody i like people there's resources out there for y'all and i wish like i'll find a way to see if i can clip onto my links like shit that can like help but really what I've learned from this whole experience is that, like, 
and this is for me you know doing stupid shit as well you know like you can't you can't you can't be abusive yourself too like i was never i've never in my life ever been abusive in any romantic romantic circumstance uh, that's just not my thing bro like even like from a kink standpoint like no no sir um no uh but you can't be toxic yourself you can't be obsessive you can't be jealous like easily um because that shit is like it makes you tired i swear to god like anybody who's been on the receiving end of that shit it's so exhausting bro like it is karma because i used to be like that when i was like younger simply because i had a bad perspective of how women were because of my adoptive mother and really um you know i haven't had a lot of women in my life that were partnered with men to show me what a healthy relationship looked like the closer the closest one would probably be my biological mother and i knew her for what two or three weeks before um you know i couldn't see her anymore and she died the next year and um so it's like really my perspective was all shifted up so i've i've been that toxic jealous little fucking man you know child i've been that shit and you don't don't do that shit bro because it feels horrible on the receiving end and i've been through that shit too and it just drains you and you because of that shit when you've been through abusive relationships over and over and over again you don't feel like getting in another one so moving forward i really have been hesitant to open that chapter of my life again and it's not a lot of men say oh it's not normal for dudes to just sit down and talk about relationships and shit like because oh you know but that's not true bruh that's such a like that's such a 19 that's such like 2000 early 2000 shit that like shit to say like that's some like prideful masculinity shit like i i get you you share what you want to share but don't be afraid to talk about like shit like that because like this is how we improve as a generation of men you know whether and that applies to all men y'all like if any of you you know you have to be straight to improve yourself like and how you treat other people in relationships like you know i'm talking about my heteros my homos my bisexuals my transsexual or my transsexuals like anybody out there like dude's got to do better at the end of the day um and i'm trying to do better y'all so um it's getting late i ordered a pizza i'm probably gonna grub um i'm probably gonna watch the crackheads outside my fucking window fight like they always do on saturday nights but i hope y'all enjoyed this episode man um like I say, I said this last time, this shit is therapeutic to me. I love sharing my thoughts. Um, I feel like people should do this more often, not necessarily in the form of podcasts, you know, because, but uh, it's okay to like open your thoughts, you know, this is how you get shit out. You can't bottle shit up. I used to have that. I still do sometimes, bro. Like you can't bottle your shit up because that shit going to explode. Um, yeah, man. So like I say, this is a, this was a Saturday, Friday, you know, back to back special for 
episodes. Uh, I can't really post this frequently. I can't poke it, post this sequence as frequently. Um, but, uh, given that I have to keep my monetization within 60 minutes within each recording segment, I'm going to give this up. I'm going to let y'all have a good night. Peace out.